another world, another time, in the age of wonder. You are listening to The Dark Crystal Minute. And begin all the same, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And now once more the world must undergo a time of testing. It is time, time to return to the castle. There is much to be learned. And you have no time. And here's your hosts, Philip Mitchell and Jamie Prater. Hello and welcome to the Dark Crystal Minute. This is your minute-by-minute discussion on the cult classic film, The Dark Crystal. I'm your host, Philip Mitchell, and I'm from Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal podcast. And I am J.M. Prater, the host and founder of Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. And now we are up to uh, minute five of The Dark Crystal. So to recap this minute, it it really just ends, you know, with the closing credit of directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz. And, you know, we sort of chatted about in these uh, previous episodes that pretty much the whole, the first four minutes have been, you know, in the, in the castle, the crystal and the Skeksis and, and now we're, we're getting outside of it now, so which is which is a nice change. And as we see, you know, the three sons and and going into uh, a new area called um, the Valley of the Mystics, which is it's it's the Mystics' uh, homeworld or you know their home. That's uh, where they live. And then it sort of ends with the one uh, mystic so we're seeing here Urza um, who's the ritual guardian doing a sand painting I guess I you know I've sort of been thinking about like you know in this moment where we see Urza he's following what what I think the sand painting is sort of like the time the time of thrall or the time of the great conjunction I don't know what what are your thoughts on that um Jamie like you said first of all it is great to get out of the castle you know this kind of dark brooding ominous space into the light and just the the, the color tones the browns the, the the yellows the oranges um it's much more peaceful it's much more calm uh it's just it's fantastic and just to see urza there i, I just take it all in like the sand paintings remind me a lot of what uh, the buddhist monks do there's just some uh connection there the story writers you know, and the, the aesthetic, the artist, everybody involved kind of made to kind of ground it in some kind of real world sense that we can kind of connect to with these creatures. Other, I mean, other than that, they're completely foreign and completely alien. And I just love, I mean, the whole setup, that whole scene right there of Urza and the way he's moving, the way he's moving the, uh, or the way the puppet master really is moving that thing where he's pouring sand and uh, all of the things around the space and that nothing is looks like it's in a proper place, but everything's kind of everywhere and it's, it's messy, but it looks so perfect and so authentic. Like it's been there for thousands of years. Those are my first thoughts about seeing that. And it's just, um, I mean, and because like with that one shot, I mean, is it's a, it is a pretty long shot. And so, you know, for the puppeteer to be able to, you know, perform the, the mystic in that one shot, it is a very long shot. And, I can imagine just, you know, because it, I, I believe like they were pretty, very hunched back um, the way they had to perform with the mystics. And again, you know, like, you know, even though they're sort of, you know, a form of puppetry, I mean, they, they really are creatures, uh, you know, living, breathing kind of creatures. So I I had a look about with the, um, uh, the sand painting. 
according to, I think, the world of the Dark Crystal, the sand painting sort of uh, represents the history of Thra. So from the beginning of time depicted in the center and events spiraling outward from it with the most recent events at, at the outer edges of the spiral. And so, yeah, there, there is like a, a sense of, I guess, you know, a lot of um, symbology in um, the world of the Dark Crystal book, but also with, with the film itself. So in that moment, the narrator says, a thousand years ago, the crystal cracked, and here, from, far from the castle, the race of mystics came to live in a dream of peace, which is which is very evident with them, because they never really, um, over time, did anything about preventing, I guess, the, the Skeksis from, you know, killing all the gal- the Galflings and, and all them, and... Um, and there, and you know, as we go on, their ways were the gentle ways of natural wizards. Yet now there are only ten, a dying race, numbly rehearsing the ancient ways in a blur of forgetfulness. Today the ritual gives no comfort. Today the wisest of the mystics lies dying. Today they summon the one who must save them. I mean, we, we will get to see the one who must save them, Jen, in, in, you know, the next episode. I mean, this was one of those things where I think I was... I think previous episodes we chat, I chatted to Bland and we've always been wondering about whether the mystic's death, whether it was sort of on purpose to, you know, whether he was being really sick, you know, trying to, you know, die so that the other Skeksis, uh, Skekso, the Mars, the Emperor would die as well and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was just one of those things that we, we sort of thought, discussed about but I don't, I, I'm not too sure that is really the case. I really think that they're just both getting really old in their ways. And because, I mean, in a way that the Mystics and the Skeksis are all pretty much the same age. So, you know, for one of them to sort of die pretty early before everyone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, like, uh, in the narration of this minute, like, you know, there's where the their their ways were the gentle ways of of natural wizards and then they use the term the blur of forgetfulness and really this is kind of the introduction into or the introduction to who the mystics the mystics are and they are the antithesis of of the skexies um the skexies are the darkness within us or whatever sticks are the light but at the same time the skexies want power and control and long and you know forever to live forever whereas the the mystics kind of don't want anything and they're very kind of passive pacifists and that question that you raise is good you know like you know why didn't more the mystics fight against you know the the destruction of the gelflings and maybe they did maybe it was just too much they're not fighters um they're not they're not about uh, they're 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 pacifists i think jen was rescued he wasn't like i don't think um you know, the mystic master kind of fought off the, the um, what do you call it, the Gartham. I think that it just was this, he was in a time and a place where he rescued him and he kind of, the Gartham saw him and knew better to kind of engage him and they kind of, the Gartham took off. But the mystics are very fascinating because they're very, they're kind of almost frustrating too. Kind of like, what do you, and like, and they're taking forever. Everything they do is very slow and very methodical and very almost liturgical. And lots of uh, they have it looks like you can tell that you know, even with the sand, the sand drawing, there's there's uh, ways about them that they they've always had that they just kind of uh, repeat over and over and over and over and over, whether it's their song, whether it's but it's something traditions. It looks like they're just steeped in traditions. 
And that's what they spend their days doing, these traditions over and over and over and over. And they are almost as frustrating as the Skeksis are in their ways. The mystics are just full of goodness and purity, where the Skeksis are full of evil and terror. I guess there's always a, like a sense of patience with the mystics. Even, I think, from all the Dark Crystal stories, and every time someone encounters a mystic, the mystic doesn't really, like, they say quite a bit, but they don't at the same time. They sort of don't really, like, sort of speak in riddles and all, all that sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, it's just, um, just, just looking at this uh, minute and just seeing, yeah, you know, with the shots with the three sons and, and even just, you know, even just seeing, you know, the, the objects on the ground that surround Urzar. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is very, very cool. Just, oh, just the amount of detail and even just the, the, the subtle, the subtleness of um, that mystic's performance of the tail wagging back and forth and yeah <laughs> and there's this thing right before he he opens his mouth to kind of send for jen you see his body swerving in his hands like the music is moving through him it's moving through him and then it reaches his voice and it, it leaves his body like it's really lyrical and detailed and beautiful i mean it's just they thought about everything they like everything everything they do has a rhythm to it i mean it's again we'll we'll say this we've said this before we'll say it again there is nothing like this film i mean this again when i was a kid and i was watching this the mystics were living breathing things i i still i'm looking at this now as this minute is replaying right now as i'm watching as we're talking i still can't believe it's a puppet I can't believe it. Like, I just, nothing says puppet to me about this thing. Uh, they're all real. They're all 100% real. And wherever they are, I want to go to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I was just having a look at the last shot with a minute. And um, for any of the listeners that are sort of interested, you know, which mystic is which. So we see Erti, the alchemist, on the left. Of course, we got um, Urza in the middle. And on the right is Ursol on the right and i just i just i just noticed that there was another um mystic on the far left as well that i just didn't notice about it till, till now <laughs> so yeah lot just lots of you know just the detail and just yeah just incredible stuff yeah and, and if you think about the settings like we were in the castle and how detailed and intricate the settings were you know and obviously everything was built there's no locations they went to i mean they did go to some rocks and stuff when jen was running around but if we you know as we head into the mystic valley um all of that was created for on a set all yes yeah yeah um, the set, i mean nothing there was nothing in the screens that we see were there before it's like the craftsmanship. It's like this film is like one of those great cathedrals that were built in the 15th century. That's what this film is like. Uh, no one makes films like this today. Um, and also, you know, in this minute that we're watching, um, when if you notice when he grabs his staff with one hand and then the other hand takes it from him. I mean, how beautiful is it, you know? But it's again, it's something natural that people don't think of because a natural movement isn't going to be something you're going to overthink because it's a natural movement, you know, like we get up in bed or when we kneel down or whatever, you know? Um, but just the beauty in one hand passing the other hand, the staff, it's really, really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the saltiness of the performance that, um, yeah, you really don't really think about it. I mean, even though, you know, we're sort of, 
watching it very closely, but most audiences won't even recognize it. And it's just sort of another example of really believing that these creatures are real. Um, and I think there'll be other examples of that sort of thing in, in future minutes of the Dark Crystal Minute. And again, I mean, probably the interesting thing, you know, with, you know, with the, uh, the Skeksis, you know, the Castle of the Crystal, it's all very triangle, you know, hard edges, that sort of thing. Whereas with the, with the, um, with the Mystics, um, it's all circles and spirals. Um, so, I mean, a lot of thought went, definitely went into the detail of, you know, how these, um, uh, yeah, in, in that symbology, I guess, um, aspect of the Dark Crystal for for those two characters. So, And uh, the surroundings of Urza, the rocks, some of the rocks look, uh, you know, they're there incidentally. They're not, you know, but the other rocks look very intricate and carved out. And uh, again, like you said, spirals and circular, circular lines, not hard lines, softer. It just, you know, emotionally, it feels like you can you can relate to it more or you can enter it. You can, it, it feels more, it feels easier to, to look at, you know, I, <laughs> speechless, speechless. So yeah, I think they'll probably wrap up uh, this minute of the Dark Crystal Minute. Yeah, so I mean, just a lot more to look forward to. Uh, I mean, as we probably get into the next minute and many more minutes to come. So that's all the time we have for the Dark Crystal Minute. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalminute or follow us on Twitter at darkcrystalmin. This podcast is part of the Trial by Stone at Dark Crystal Podcast Network. So if you can give us a chance to write a review and give us a five-star review, we'd greatly appreciate it. I hope you all enjoy the show and come back next minute for more Dark Crystal Minute.